Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, uh, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk about their favorite movies with friends. And we have been off the grid for a couple weeks now. I feel like we had to take like a late spring break. Um, but here yeah, we are which is again. Funny because it was even when both of us were traveling separately, we were like very consistent. And then yes. sometimes. It's possibly because we saw each other too much for two weekends in a row. Yeah. I'm going to blame it on that. I actually think that that's true because I think that when we're together, we're too, like, interested in actually doing things together rather than, like, sitting and podcasting. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I feel like that's our issue. (laughs) You guys are like, we have plans. Let's go do that. (laughs) Exactly. And we always think that we'll, like, sit down and podcast and then we never do. Right. But Eleanor, I'm going to have you introduce our lovely guest today. Okay. So our guest today is Dominique Higgins, who is in the Los Angeles area. She lives in a place east. <laughs> I actually, it's one of the valleys. I love the San, so much. <laughs> <laughs> the San Gabriel Valley. Um, and she is, works in real estate, and she also went to Notre Dame, so is obviously the best, and loves to dance, and is also, like, so athletic, and her Sundays are filled with, they'll, I'll sometimes, like, ask her what she did, and they'll be like, yeah, like, I was at flag football, and then I, like, went dancing, and then, like, I'm going to play basketball at, like, 9 p.m. at night, and I'm always like, wow, that's a lot of physical activity for a Sunday, so it's great. <laughs> but, Dominique, how would you describe yourself? Um, I think that's fitting. You know, I am an avid reader and movie watcher, which totally helps being on your podcast. Um, I love traveling. And yeah, I'm from Southern California girl in and out. So raw foods, fresh foods, gluten-free, dairy-free, everything that ever, anyone ever gets irritated about in terms of food, like, I'm it, so. <laughs> it's a real statement, Annie. You would really appreciate it. Uh, every time, like, Dominique comes over, I'm like, so, like, what can you eat today? And it'll be like, oh, I'm just having, like, smoothies, or it's like, I can only have things that are green, and it's like, or ice cream. It's like, it's like one of the two. <laughs> like, I feel like I That's so funny. The colon cleanse, I think, might have been my favorite because I think I saw you on, like, day one of the colon cleanse and you were, like, in it to win it. And then, like, four days later, you're, you were, like, starving. And you're, like, this was the worst. <laughs> it was perfect. I was like, oh, my God. I can't do this. Yeah. Ugh, I love it. And I would argue that, like, Dominique is my friend who I – the way I have described it is keeps me cool because she invites me to things that I wouldn't find on my own. That's awesome. <laughs> Ever. Annie, okay, because Annie just signed up for her first Daybreaker in Chicago, and I found out about Daybreaker from Dominique. So you inadvertently found out about Daybreaker from Dominique. I'm so excited. That is, that's really cool. That's like degrees of separation right there. Yeah. Coming full speed. And also to do that, I invited a friend, um, and she basically told me that I'm that friend for her. She's like, I would never go to this, which means I should go to it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> So it was very similar. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Perfect. Okay, so uh, let's jump in. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about it. 
we will definitely talk about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. The five year killed me. And oh my gosh, I, this always happens to me on the podcast, Dominique, because it's two hours later in Chicago. So we'll be podcasting and everyone in California will sound so awake and alive. And I'm already on my bed and like, like, oh my gosh. So I'm just. Most of the podcasts end with Annie being like, oh, I'm like essentially, we have to end it because I'm falling asleep. Mm. And we're like, Cool. <laughs> I'm going to warn everyone now. This is how it's going to end tonight. Okay, but let's talk about our favorite thing um, in pop culture or, you know, just whatever from this past week. Okay. I can go first because I have two strong feelings. One, okay. Wonder Woman. Loved it. I'm actually seeing it again tonight because I loved it so much. Um, oh, wow. It was so beautiful. And I, I, like, openly wept at one point. Because it was, like, so incredible to see, like, a badass woman, like, take down a battlefield. I'm not going to lie. I was really, like, sitting there, tears streaming down my face. Um, oh, wow. So I'm really excited. I really enjoyed it. And my second pop culture thing that I enjoyed it this week, I read this book called Startup by Dory. I don't know her last name. But she's apparently a BuzzFeed writer. And I was, like, hesitant to read this book, even though it had come, like, recommended from many different book lists I like to read. And in New York and it was funny and it was fresh and I have not read good fiction in a while and I finished this one in like 24 hours so I was like in it you were like in it yes absolutely how about you what has been your pop culture of the week pop culture of the week um it's so tough you know I would say I'll do two too so, the first one, I'm obsessed with all things babies and baby videos. And so, there was a video of a newborn baby walking. Like, literally came out and was standing up and was with the support of the nurse, of course. She was, like, walking. I was just awestruck. I was, I couldn't, there were no words for how amazing that was. Love it. And then... Uh, thing was probably finding out that Meghan Markle still has a chance to be the next princess, quote unquote, of I know. I'm like I'm rooting for my girl Megan. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. Uh, the, the wedding the talks of the wedding in the future are up in the air with them. So Oh, I didn't so hear excited. that update. Is it like official that wedding is on the table? I don't, okay, so how I gauge it is by the UK um, tabloids, because before, when they were first dating, they were so negative. They were like, she needs to go back to where she came from, like, all this negative, very, like, different, just mean stuff, and then now, it's like they're all, since Pippa's wedding, it's all been shifted to like, oh my god, will we have another wedding in the future, and it's definitely on the table, and the royals have given their, like, okay with it. Of course, it's all, like, tabloid pop right. stuff, but it's just, I cling to it. <laughs> I like it. I like that you're reading so much into it. Um, okay, <laughs> so, I guess my favorite pop culture thing of the week, oh gosh, it's, like, truthfully, and I know this isn't really pop culture, but it's the only thing that's been on my brain for, like, hours now, 
uh, days, really, is, like, my five-year reunion at Notre Dame was really just the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, it was so lovely. I was just surrounded by people I loved again, and um, it was so funny because I talked to so many people about this, and it really did seem, and it's kind of hard to even imagine, I feel like people at Notre Dame are generally pretty nice, but people were nicer at reunion than I think that they were when we were undergrads. Like, people were more open to, you know, talking to the stranger and, like, not worrying about what other people thought of you. Um, so it was it was really just amazing. And I'm just on such a high. Like, my soul is just so happy. So, um, yeah, all the goodness. Um, but, okay, we need to talk about Jurassic Park. So, Dominique, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. To give us, uh, what do we call it, Eleanor? A synopsis? Okay. But isn't there a better word for it? A tagline? Yes, that's it. A tagline for Jurassic Park. A tagline. Ooh. That's interesting. I would have to say a tag, an adventure... That started, I'm just going to steal theirs, an adventure that started 65 million years ago and is still relevant today. Love it. Okay. So why did you choose Jurassic Park? I chose that one because it's about 20 times. Um, it was my go-to comfort movies as a kid. Uh, I just loved it. Like, I am a huge movie buff, and so when I was growing up, I used to watch a ton of movies. And when, right around the time that Jurassic Park came out, you had a lot of these similar, like, nature movies, like Fern Gully, like, sci-fi, Tremors, Gremlins, Bats, like, all these different movies where kind of nature takes a weird different turns. And so what I liked about Jurassic Park effects amazing like not cheesy very realistic um but also the adventure and how they wove in this whole how basically don't mess with nature or else karma will come back to you you know and so even as a kid i had this kind of spiritual appreciation for nature and the balance of things and the circle of life and so kind of seeing that play out in jurassic park that really kind of stuck with me. That's awesome. Okay, so... That's a really kind of philosophical approach to Jurassic Park that I don't think many people take because I think for so many kids in, like, our generation, and like Annie, we did... This was not one of our movies growing up. It was one of our... It's some of our neighbors' movies. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was just, like, okay. an obsession with dinosaurs, and I think it was also linked to, like, Land Before Time. It was, like, a weird cultural moment in, like, yeah. the early 90s. But exactly. But the way you described it as being, again, like, what happens when we mess with nature, I hadn't actually considered before. Yeah. And it's so, and you know what's Ooh. so funny, too, is I like consider it because in Hollywood films, it's kind of like constant images of how we can tinker with nature and do all these things. And yeah, we can to a little trouble, but everything comes out fine on the end. Like Jurassic Park, because it wasn't like, it was a good ending. Like, no one here and there, but it wasn't like your 
thing is a picture perfect ending. It's like there are consequences. And so you have to think about it and like reflect on those. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good. And do you know how you have those movies that tried too hard to be philosophical? Or, you know, mm-hmm. it had that adventure and that action and that drama and the even the cop of Goldblum's character that kind of made it like edgier seats but still attuned. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is like with Richard Attenborough's character, and he, because he's the idea that like you start Jurassic Park with the mission to be great, and like it's not an evil reason for like building such a thing. It's like really the fact of appreciation, but then like what happens when we take appreciation too far? And then Jurassic World, I would argue, it's like what happens when we monetize it mm. uh, more than anything. Well, yeah, exactly. So I have two thoughts. It's interesting you mentioned. Oh no, I missed that, Dominique. Um, okay. So I have two thoughts about Jurassic Park, and granted, I just saw it for the first time. Um, the first thought was that, wow, it's really like the ride. Um, (laughs) I have gone on the ride many times before seeing this movie, and I love the ride. Um, And I was like, whoa, they did that really well. It was almost like, um, yeah, I don't know. It was was fun, and I liked the the music. I thought that the music was really well done. The score is really beautiful. Oh, I guess I have a lot of thoughts about this. Anyway, so the second thought I have is that, whoa, Jeff Goldblum, who knew he could be a hottie? I was like, I am everyone, physically... Everyone. Okay, I never thought that. Remember the fly? Like, he, the fly was, like, his week, and he was shirtless the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I did not... So, I just didn't know, and now I know he was an attractive young man. And then my third one, and I've said this about some movies, particularly that we've talked about on the podcast, particularly the movie um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger we did. Oh, gosh. I forget. Junior. Junior. The science here simply does not hold up. (laughs) Um, I was watching it, and I was like, huh, funny that they thought this would work. Hmm. Um, but here, here's the thing. Alternatively, I remember in high school, I had to read Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park the book. And I was not a science person, but I remember being fascinated because the book does go into the science a lot more in terms of, like, the – I'm going to mess up the word because I haven't thought of genetics since, like, ninth grade bio. But the alleles is how it is spelled in my mind. <laughs> alleles? <laughs> Isn't that how you say it? <laughs> I don't know. Alleles? Uh, yeah, something like that. But yeah, so anyway. Uh, no, the book was so, it was such a good book. It was thrilling. Thrilling in this idea of like, how do we manipulate? And people do it all the time. Or there's also like, we think about what was happening in the 90s and like broader culture. This is like truly the first time we think of genetically modified foods and the fact that like it was presented as a way to like end world pop, end world hunger through genetically modified foods. And then we also think about it in terms of, I think it was 97 when they cloned Dolly the sheep. And so this whole idea of like, there was this huge debate about 
like what is the role of man i'm using air quotes in determining nature man it's just great whoa and so i going back to your point on term in terms of the science i totally agree like the science there's sure but think about now able to do with science going from dolly and fast forward to now they're cloning everything they're trying to grow external wounds they're trying to do all these different genetic engineering and so it kind of becomes that question well are we that far off oh Thinking back to what goldblum's character said when they were like at the lunch sitting down he's like well it will become to it will come to a point where if we can but should we interesting yeah the ethics behind it all and it's also because this is a spielberg film and like his whole thing even in his his whole thing is just like the ethics of any human action um i mean granted that's also i work for a spielberg organization so (laughs) he cares deeply about ethics but there you go (laughs) That's so yeah. funny. Uh, I don't know. I, I Truthfully, I did really enjoy this movie more than I thought I would. Um, and I don't know why I thought I wouldn't enjoy it, but I think that I was going to think it was, like, kitschy and, like, whatever. But a lot of the acting was really well done. I mean, Laura Dern, can she be... I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like she exudes grace she exudes kind of like this calm whatever I loved the moment with her like taking care of the triceratops that's the type of dinosaur it is right yeah yes and she's like having this moment (laughs) yeah she's having a moment with this animal dinosaur dinosaur and it was just so beautiful. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I would like to go yeah. back to Jurassic Park the ride now, though. It's true. Dominique like Annie loves Jurassic Park the ride. It's to so the point fun. where like we got sick because it was like too cold to do it, but like she just like made us go round and round and round. Um, I did. and we just got so wet in the cold. Um she loved it. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. The ride such justice like it's it was amazing it was just so funny because i remember watching the movies and then going on the ride and being like oh my god greg out this is awesome like it was it's right <laughs> but Whoa. you know what's i want to point out what's really what i really like about the ride too is that it's all like when you enter through those doors and they open yes you kind of get this feeling at least i do that in your heart like world and I'm in it and I'm being almost amongst what's there it's very humbling as well as fun <laughs> agreed well okay so talking about the talking about the ride brings up to me another point which we haven't discussed about which is how beautiful this soundtrack is so um, beautiful and it's one of, I would say, John Williams' strongest soundtracks, and it's often forgotten behind the iconic themes that we associate with, like, Star Wars or Indiana Jones. But it, it does inspire a sense of awe 
in nature. Okay, question for you. Do Does Spielberg and Williams, are they like friends? Are they like best yeah. buds? John Williams is significantly older than that. Okay, so like one of the like most exciting moments of my life was in December when I got to see John Williams conduct like his own songs and it was gorgeous. Um, so Spielberg, and how are these guys are going to vote? Because Steven Spielberg, I want to say, is in his 70s. Um, so John Williams is 85 and Spielberg is 70. So there's a 15-year age difference. But I think they're like, like friends. They work together a ton. Let's be real. Yeah. Oh, man. Whatever happened to the main guy from Jurassic oh, Park? Wow. That's cool. Sam Neill? Yeah. What else is he in? Um, he's like a bad guy in tons of things. So I sort of associate him with, I think he was the bad guy in the movie The Piano. Wrong. I don't know that I've ever heard of that movie. Oh, it's funny. Okay, so I'm on his IMDb right now, and he's in the upcoming Thor movie, and so is Jeff Goldblum. Mm, I feel like they did that on purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good match. Blockbuster yeah. film. Just so, and also when I think about the cast and where they were then and now, and just seeing the success of that movie, because I think they made like, I mean, to date, they've grossed almost a billion dollars. Between the four films? Including Jurassic World? I feel like Jurassic World on its own made a ton of money, didn't it? Yeah. Jurassic Park franchise box office. We're going to answer this question. Once and for all. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So according to the numbers, the total for all of them was $3,694,992,176. I also love the fact that, like, like it's $6. You know what I mean? Like, that's hysterical to me that it's because like a movie theater in Austin was like $6 and not like an even 10. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) So between the four of them, they've are, they've close, they've gotten close to $4 billion. Whoa. You could make your own Jurassic world. Really? I mean, these numbers are fascinating, though, because the domestic box office for Jurassic Park was not that big, whereas for the worldwide box office for the first one was massive. And I would have thought that would have been opposite. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay, so, Dominique, have you seen the Lost World, World Jurassic Park in Jurassic Park 3? And if so, what are your thoughts? Would you recommend them? Should we find them? I have seen them. I actually drug my family to see it with me. <laughs> um, I definitely... Oh, that's tough. You know, I like the first one. The first one was the best. But I like how throughout Jurassic Park, they kept, like, characters in... 
strong roles and then and they literally have to fight off dinosaurs to a certain extent like by themselves actually as a kid growing up I was like yeah kids can do it too <laughs> so I like not all of them but I would say my favorite hands down would be Jurassic Park and one. you were very adamant about not liking Jurassic World why Oh, no. Sorry, say that one more time. You were very adamant about not liking Jurassic World. I liked Jurassic World. I mean, I saw it before Jurassic Park, and I was pretty entertained. Hello? Yes, can you hear us? Yeah, Annie and I loved Jurassic World. We also were both, like, so tired when we <laughs> saw it, and it was among the last things we've done. We've done the last things we've done ever in this life. We <laughs> ceased to exist after. I meant when we were living in Boston. Yeah, but was, you like, didn't say that. Did. I, Eleanor, I, I understood the context, but nobody else was there other than Craig. <laughs> so they would have just it's thought true. that that was it. That was it for the Huntington sisters. They saw Jurassic World and <laughs> perished and then they gave from up the on life. Um, Yeah, no, we loved it. We did. It was just so funny. And, like, there was so much criticism of it, which I understood. But I also think it's so funny that, like, there was such criticism about Bryce Dallas Howard wearing high heels during it. When she wanted to wear them. When she wanted to wear them. And also, like, one of the things I enjoyed yeah, most about... I was about to say, that was... Like, I was like, there's other things to complain about. Ugh. Yeah, and any time a movie has Irfan Khan, I'm good with it. Agreed. I love so. him. I love him so much. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's talk about the legacy of this film. Do you think kids today should see this movie? And if so, why? I definitely think kids should see this movie i think or two because to just the the teaching moments that are in this movie um and then it as a way just to do that they don't have philosophy classes for elementary school kids or middle school it's kind of something that's a topic that gets brought up in college but I feel like using film and especially this movie would be a good kind of teaching point, you know, in terms of respecting nature and understanding kind of or that comes with science. Build this greater question of and how to do it and how to explain what we set out to do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Eleanor, how about you? I would say that this is a movie kids should watch in part because I do think it holds up. 
And I, because of the success, on a very just practical level, because of the success of Jurassic World, we're going to have a lot more Jurassic films. And I think it is important to begin with, like, the origin story. So, like, just even from a very practical level, I would want kids to watch it for that reason alone. Mm, yeah. So, but there we go. So, I would, too, suggest kids see this movie. I think it's... Okay. I think it's very entertaining. And I, I would agree with Dominique saying about, like, it's cool to be able to see kids doing things and, like, surviving dinosaur attacks. Um, and they're kind of, like, peripheral characters somewhat. Like, I feel like they're kind of, like, thrown in. Like, and here are two grandkids. Um, but I did enjoy their characters. And it's good for kids to, like, be able to recognize themselves. Um, I also think, again, just to bring it full circle back to the ride. Like, I feel like I'll have a deeper appreciation for Jurassic Park the ride now that I've seen the movie. And really, that's one of Annie's favorite things to do in L.A. Yes. You're right. It's so great. Yeah. Well, we also went with my parents, Dominique, and seeing my mom and dad freak out over getting wet from a a Tyrannosaurus Rex attack was just, like, delightful. Delightful. Okay, so shall we wrap this up as I, like, start to fall asleep? We all knew it was going to happen. Always, always. Okay, so the final segment of our podcast is if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? And Dominique also always has, like, travel plans brewing. Not always to fruition, but brewing, which is also, like, a quality I really respect in people. Me too. Um, so, So where would you go right now if you could? Anywhere in the world, I, I mean, I feel like Eleanor has heard me talk about this so much, but Spain. <laughs> Good. Why? A heartbeat. And just traveling all along the coast, and then I imagine myself somehow in a convertible driving on whatever side of the road it is, and mm-hmm. just, like, taking in the sun and the coasts and everything. Oh, that's a beautiful way to spend the summer. Yeah. Agreed. I should find a book that's set in coastal Spain or Portugal. That would be the best. So, Elder, where would you go? I think right now, if I were to go anywhere, I would visit Australia again. Particularly, I would go to Sydney. And I'm trying to think of why. Um, and part of it would be because, like, when I lived there, I had really good work-life balance. And I'm trying to replicate that now, but it's a little bit more challenging. And then also because I think I saw a picture, and this will be, like, so lame, but I saw p- pictures of Pippa and her husband on our honeymoon. And I was like, oh, what a great life. Eleanor, you're so silly. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> If I could go anywhere in the world right now, where would I go? I think if I could go anywhere right now, huh, I might go to- Nowhere? No, no. I think I'd go back to San Francisco. It's kind of more practical. It's like- do I actually want to move here? You know what I'm talking about? 
Um, she might become a California girl, Dominique. I might. That's in the in the mix. <laughs> right. So I'd want to go and visit again, but I don't have time for that. So, <laughs> um, anyway, this has been so lovely. I'm sorry I'm such a grandma and need to go to bed, but. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, but I'm fine. so glad. I'm so glad we did this. We've yes. been looking forward to this and planning it for a while. Yes. So I'm glad it finally happened. It's really the dream. Okay. Well, goodbye, listeners. We will see you again soon. Follow us yeah. on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. And Dominique, I can't wait to meet you in person when I come to L.A. All right. See you.